0: to Get the Balance Right, a podcast for female entrepreneurs looking for a quirky spin on business. I'm your host, Heather Zeitzwolf, CPA and profitability coach. I'm a longtime vegan, Gen Xer, cat mom, drag queen enthusiast, and collector of weird dolls and lunchboxes. If you want kick-ass information that includes zany commentary and a dab of woo-woo, then you've come to the right place. I want to help you build a business based on your passion and authentic voice. Are you ready to take control of your finances so you can earn, keep, and grow the money you deserve? If you're a solo entrepreneur that isn't afraid to do things scrappy, then roll up your sleeves and let's get the balance right. Hey, peeps, this is Heather Zeitzwolf, and you are listening to Get the Balance Right podcast. So this episode is part of our From Passion to Profit series. I am interviewing Rosalind McCallard. She goes by Roz. She's located in Portland, Oregon, just like me, a fellow vegan, and she is a sandwich goddess. Her and her husband started a sandwich company here in Portland, Oregon called Snackrelage. Now, if you are vegan and you live in the area, then you probably know their sandwiches quite well. But if you are located somewhere else in the country, check your local grocery stores because Snackrelage is coming to a grocery store near you. Passion. We're talking all about starting a business based on passion. And Roz started this business because she was passionate about sandwiches, grab and go sandwiches, and felt like she wanted to fill the void that was out there. This is a really fun interview where Roz and I just started talking, and then I realized that I never even introduced her or anything I was recording, and we were just talking. So I'm going to do a little intro for her before we begin. So to give you a little bit of back history, Religion was formed in 2014. Roz and her husband, they are total metalheads. The whole imagery could be considered, let's just say it's based on metal. So. To some, it might be offensive, but if you're cool, I don't think that you're going to be offended. I always say the best way to someone's heart is food. And that is really the case if you want to convert people to veganism. Snack they make delicious vegan food with heavy metal-themed puns. And they are changing the world one mouth-watering bite at a time. If you are not vegan and you have a chance to try Snack sandwiches, Oh, my God, do it. You probably will want to go vegan. Their mission is to make perfectly tasty, affordable, plant-based foods that people can grab and go for anytime delicious satisfaction. Now, all of their products are non-GMO. That's awesome. And they use some of the local vendors in the Portland area, such as Portland French Bakery and also not too far away, Tofurky. But most of their sandwiches are actually made from their own seitan recipe. For those of you out there that are like seitan, what is that? Some kind of satanic rituals around food or something? No, seitan is wheat meat. It's been around a long, long time. Wheat gluten has been documented in China since the 6th century, and it's widely consumed by Chinese as a substitute for meat. If you go into an Asian market, you can oftentimes find seitan in a can, but you can actually make seitan yourself. I make it all the time, and it's made from vital wheat gluten, which is the protein part of wheat. So if you ask, where do vegans get their protein? Well, a lot of them get it from seitan, especially if you can't have soy. Now, you can make seitan with tofu in it. There's variations of how you can make seitan. If you've got a gluten allergy or you have celiac, probably not your choice for a sandwich. There's various ways that you can make seitan. You can make it steamed, boiled, baked. There's all different types of variations. But for Snack religion, they have their own recipes that they use for their wheat gluten. They even sell it if you are a fan of their wheat meats, you can buy it on their website as well. The word sandwich comes from 18th century Europe. This dude named John Montagu, who was the fourth Earl of Sandwich, decided that he wanted to have a meal where he could play cards and games and drink all night without having to use a fork. To keep his hands from being all greasy, he decided to have his meat between two pieces of bread to keep his hands clean. And that is how the sandwich was invented. This is interesting. So Roz talks about wanting to have this quick meal, this grab-and-go type of a concept for her sandwiches. And that idea of the grab-and-go sandwich actually hasn't been around that long. I didn't realize this. This is, of course, according to Wikipedia, so you can take this with a grain of salt, sandwiches. Sandwiches. They've been widely sold in cafes, railway stations, pubs and diners since the invention of sliced bread, which was in the 20s, but it was really difficult to sell pre-made sandwiches. Unless a sandwich is wrapped, then it's just going to get dried out and kind of gross. But in 1979, a British store chain, Marks and Spencer, introduced a small range of chilled Pre made sandwiches that were sold in wedge shaped boxes that were sealed to keep them fresh. They proved to be very popular. And then other stores tried to experiment with grab and go sandwiches. These grab and go sandwiches that Roz has developed, her and her husband, they have the funniest names. And we talk about it in the interview, but I don't actually say the names of the sandwiches. So I wanted to give you kind of an idea of what we were talking about. They have Lord of the Wings. That's a funny name. And the notorious BLT. And then they have a breakfast sandwich called Break Fast, Die Young. Really funny. So you get kind of the idea of what I'm talking about. This is part of the From Passion to Profit series. Here is my interview with Roz McCallard from Snackerledge. Collard? McCallard. Ballard. Yeah. So McAllard. we actually,
1: when we got married, it's a portmanteau. My last name was originally Ballard and my husband's was McCartney.
0: And we mushed them together, and now we are McCallard. Yeah. You are probably one of the only other people that I know that, besides myself, I call it a mashup name. So, my last name was Zeitz. My husband's name is Wolf. We are now Zeitz Wolf. So, oh, that awesome. Yeah. So, we mashed it together. We didn't take any of the consonants out, we just left it all in there. But, yeah, um, Well, I yeah. thought
1: your last name was badass. I, I love it because I never would have thought it was a quote, made up name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Zeitz Wolf. That's, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> ah, mashup I love it the word that you use and it sounds French I've and never it, heard it, that word yeah yeah. it, it, it literally means a, a combination of words P-O-R-T-M-A-N-T-E-A-U
0: portmanteau we know that you're married Roz tell us all, all the things about you like <laughs> you are a cool badass woman and you started a sandwich company but before that let's just back up for a second you're located in Portland Oregon the same as me yeah and yep. What was your background? I mean, before you became this uh, sandwich goddess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've always been an a, a appreciator of sandwiches for sure. Thank you. I've been in Oregon a long time, and I've been a vegetarian since 1986 and vegan on and off since 93. The one thing that I've cared about more than, uh, I get all emotional talking about it, more than anything my whole life is just animal rights. And just the idea of eating animals, it makes me tear up because... We don't need to eat animals. Not, and I can't say everybody, right? If you're in a situation where you don't have anything else to eat, it's a cruel world, and that's that's all you have. There you go. But fortunately, we live in a world with a plenty of food and good food, and especially in this day and age, you you can get pretty much anything as a, a vegan substitute, so to speak. And so, really, just getting people to not eat animals, did to not torture animals, and to share our planet has always kind of been my number one passion. I was in punk bands back in the 90s and had songs about animal rights and learned some of my first like cheese recipes were like soy nut cookbooks and that kind of thing. And it's just really all about not trying to pressure people, not trying to make people feel bad or guilty, but just you can live a good, healthy, happy life without having to enslave and torture other creatures
0: people say to me when they find out that I'm a vegan, oh, you must eat such a limited diet. And I'm like, limited? Like, you got to be kidding me. I probably have a greater variation of things in my refrigerator than most meat eaters have. Oh, I'm sure, right? A hundred percent.
1: And it forces you to be more creative with your cooking and your diet. I just think veganism is a way to a happier, healthier lifestyle. And I like being able to share that with people. Other than that, I love traveling. And obviously, um, getting to eat good vegan food when you travel That's my favorite thing. I think we've been to 18 countries, but this year we're going to go to Norway to go to a black metal fest. We know vegans from all over the world. I'm getting my pilot's license. I love traveling and good vegan food, reading and music. And I've been in a bunch of bands and I've been married for
0: 10 years in a nutshell. Just try to enjoy life as much as possible. Well, I love to travel too and discovering new places to eat. I always map everything out ahead of time. One, when you're a vegan, you're like, Sometimes you never know where your next meal is going to be. Totally. And you don't want to be hangry and searching the streets. So I always map things out ahead of time. Every neighborhood we're in, I'm like, Happy cow, I got this on my list. Where's your favorite place you've been to? I have a tendency when I travel to get someplace with a kitchen so that way I can make my own food because you just never know. And so I might bring some treats with me. You never know where you're going to find really delicious food. So Portugal, we had some great food there. The only place we really had a
1: a super tough time eating was Cuba was not an easy place to eat vegan. And then especially because of all the like the food rationing, a lot of the places that you stay are people's homes and they're feeding you kind of whatever they have. It makes it really challenging. Cuba was hard. And then we went to a metal show in Germany in 2017 and at this tiny little town, there wasn't anything. We ended up um, having a lot of beer, which hopefully was vegan. It's smart to travel with your own little stash.
0: Exactly. You started this sandwich company. What led you to that? I mean, were you in the restaurant industry? Did you uh, just have some really kick-ass Satan recipes? I didn't even know how to make Satan. Oh, no, okay. I,
1: I was a bartender for years in the restaurant industry for years. I graduated from college when I was 35. Thought I was gonna, you know, have this studying law and order career like TV marketing did not happen. The place I worked was with a lot of very lovely people, but it was not something I particularly enjoyed. And I'd worked actually for The Higher Taste. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but I they're, oh, they yeah. made, they make great vegan sandwiches. I worked for them in the 90s and I I thought about this is a job that I was really passionate about. I really liked that job. I thought maybe I can just start my own sandwich company. I did kind of with the idea that you can be a one woman and kind of just do my own thing, make a few sandwiches. And we just Started growing pretty rapidly, and I realized that we needed to have more accounts. The margins for wholesale are pretty narrow and pretty small, so all about economy of scale. I bartended pretty up until twenty nineteen. I was still a bartender at the Benson Hotel for a long time. Just worked food industry, and my husband was a machinist. Now he does full time. I never really thought I would just be a full time business owner, but it it just kind of evolved that way, and it's still kind of scary. But it, uh, at the same time, like I just getting to work with
0: wonderful people and something that you really care about
1: is is a real blessing.
0: How did this evolve? I would see you like vegan events and you'd have a booth and you'd be selling sandwiches there. But in the beginning days, where were you selling these sandwiches? Were you going to places like Food Fight saying like, hey, can you sell these for me? Or Chad, you know, Food Fight, I posted on uh, Facebook after I filed for the license. Hey, we're
1: starting our own vegan company. And Chad literally said, I can't wait to buy whatever you make. Like Chad, just boom. What like, Whatever you make, we're going to buy it. Standard Bar, we knew the person who was doing the kitchen there. So they bought our sandwiches and pretty much just kind of started knocking on doors and calling peoples, calling Alberta Co-op, calling schools, just Green Zebra. Hey, do you want to buy these sandwiches? Portland, we're really spoiled. We have a lot of great grab-and-go options. But even in Portland, there aren't that many grab-and-go options just for grocery stores. We're getting there. Other parts of the country, there just aren't any. And I I remember I would go to work and stop at like Whole Foods. There wasn't anything. You're getting like maybe a muffin. And I thought, okay, I want to make something hearty and savory and delicious and sandwiches are the best food ever. And so I just kind of started knocking on doors and then slowly but surely just more and more people found out about us. We started setting up for events. We're lucky we were able to get into natural grocers. We're trying to expand nationally. Uh, We have a couple of things in the works that I'm not at liberty to talk about just yet, but the idea is to become a national brand. You go to other parts of the country, you walk into a grocery store, you don't have this plethora of options you know, you have like maybe a hummus cup or something. In Portland, we're really lucky. So I want to take those kind of options and get them nationwide. And I'm lazy and I'm impatient. I don't even want to wait for food
0: sometimes, you know? I'm like, I don't even want to wait the 15 minutes for the sandwich to be made. I want it now, God damn it. The food industry, that is a tricky industry because like you said, the margins are so tight. But not yeah. only that, you also have to deal with all of the the agencies and all of the people coming in there, and they have to make sure that the kitchen yeah. is clean. And I mean, there's reasons for it. Obviously, you don't want to make people sick, but it's strenuous. It's not as easy as, like, hey, I want to be a coach. You've got to go through a lot of hoops. Yes. In the beginning, did you have a kitchen that you were sharing with somebody else? That just seems like a big hurdle getting that kitchen that you can use.
1: Yes. And actually, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to plug our kitchens. Now we run a vegan commissary. We actually rent out to several other vegan businesses, and we do have space for a few more kitchens, fully licensed, et cetera, et cetera. Mercy Corps is a great resource, and they helped us get some money to get started for renting out a kitchen. We were sharing a kitchen with Potato Champion, the food cart. We rented a kitchen from them, and then we just rented several other kitchens from other places. And then finally, February 2020, we moved into our own space. And it was this huge leap for us, and we were very excited, and we had all these businesses lined up. And then March of 2020 happened. And so it was uh, a little terrifying. We basically just started learning about how to get your own commissary kitchen, what you need to do to be licensed, et cetera, et cetera. And now I try to coach other businesses. I really enjoy coaching other businesses that are getting started because I, I, I feel like if that information was consolidated, it would be a lot easier for people.
0: Yeah, that's great. And it's best to learn from people who have actually gone through the trenches and done this thing rather than they go to the school and they study these things. It's like, okay, that's great and all, but I want real things, tangible things I can learn and put into action. So that's awesome. Your branding. I love the branding. I want to talk about how this evolved. You're going to make sandwiches. I mean, you guys have got the most clever, fun titles for your sandwiches. It's very like punk rock metal. And you've got the great branding around it, which I'm sure is like some people are like, oh, my God, what is this? And then maybe they're not your target audience anyways. How did these sandwiches evolve? Were you like, OK, this is what we want to do. This is how we want to stand out. But you should ask that because our original name was going to be Friendly Foods. Oh, that's hilarious. OK, Why?
1: <laughs> nothing. I was like, I want to appeal to everybody. And my husband was like, that's lame. And my mother was like, Rosalind, that's not a good name. My husband was like, let's go with Snackerlidge because he'd had an idea like vending machine that was called Snackerlidge. He had a, a, an original logo that he didn't like very much. So he, my husband has done a lot of the conceptual artwork, branding and that kind of thing. Naming the sandwiches, that's been a sort of a, a collaborative effort. I've named some of them. We've had friends of ours like on Instagram name some of them. Our employees have named some of them. We just try to pick. The the best name th- to go with a sandwich. It's way more authentic. We're old school metalheads. We just went to uh, Rotting Christ last weekend, which was awesome. Oh my god, it was so good. Clayton said, "He's let's just try to be more authentic." He's like, "Why are you trying to please everybody?" And he's like, "That's friendly food's not memorable. It's not something that really speaks to who we are." He said, "Don't worry about offending people." And I said, "You know, you're, you're right. Let's just go for it. Snackerland is way more clever. It's way more fun, and then we can just have this whole." concept of things, logos and then shirts, you know, designs that we would, we'd want to wear ourselves. And there wouldn't just be like, obviously like a work shirt.
0: I, I'm going to give Clayton most of the credit for that one. Although I have come up with several of the sandwich names ourselves, but yeah. A logo you fun. could put on a skateboard is much better than Friendly Foods, which probably, I mean, I'm, it sounds adorable and all, but I mean, that sounds like a 12 you know, was, year old. It
1: was, it was
0: so bad. It was,
1: and then we, there was already a company called Friendly Foods who so I was going to do foods with like an umlaut. So it looked like Friendly Fuds. And then they were like, <laughs> It was like a, a waving carrot and he was like, this is terrible, but thank you. Yeah. If you could put on a skateboard, maybe somebody would want a waving carrot on a skateboard, but that was kind of where that came from. It's just trying to be more authentic to who we are. There are people who have been offended by it and that's, we have been doing some kind of test market research in the Midwest right now. We've actually started selling our sandwiches in natural grocers in Joplin, Missouri, Springfield, Missouri, Topeka, Kansas, Lawrence, Kansas. There's a whole list of of, of places we've started to sort of test market research into, and to just see if they'll sell there. Because I was a little concerned. Portland, Oregon is a little more accepting for pentagrams on your sandwiches than maybe. <laughs> and we have, you know, oh my gosh, we got oh this this letter. Oh my god, it it cracked me up. It was basically just going on and on about how like if we cared about God, if we cared about our bodies, we wouldn't be putting pentagrams on things. And we get those sometimes. You're never gonna please everybody, right? We we try our best, and I respect everyone's viewpoints. I I buy Seventh Day Adventists; they're you know obviously a Christian vegan, and I buy their stuff all the time. I don't have to agree with your theology. I can't imagine like a Nazi vegan company. I wouldn't buy that. Is when it comes to like a, a religious perspective, I'm not going to judge somebody, and I I appreciate it when people don't judge us for our kind of metalhead branding.
0: It's kind of done tongue-in-cheek. And if you look at the name of the the sandwiches, it's done with with fun. It's not like you're going out and sacrificing babies to make your sandwiches.
1: We actually had somebody ask us once at a festival. They came up and they said, how are you vegans when you sacrifice goats? And we were like, (laughs) what? And at this point, I just walked away. Clayton, you know, he he got into the whole thing. He's like, why would you think that?
0: I said, we're metalheads. We don't sacrifice goats, but... Anyway, yeah, it seems like, though, with that sort of marketing, you're going to get like raving fans that are like they're just going to love it and be totally like obsessed with your brand. Besides the taste, also just like the whole vibe behind it. So these sandwiches, I know that you've collaborated with other companies like Tofurky. How did that come over time? Like you're like, okay, these we're going to do with Tofurky. We're going to make our own seitan for these. Like how did that evolve? My sister actually just showed me how to make seitan and she's been making it for years. Cause I had no idea. Like I
1: just was buying like West soy, but I'd been making these recipes for Clayton's lunches for a long time. And I had started thinking to myself, I'm like, I, I, th- I think I can sell this. And I started hosting test dinners and doing like demos and things like that. And just sharing it with people and, and, and really realizing that even non-vegans were really excited about, these recipes. If I'd known how much of a pain in the butt that seitan was, I I might not have gone with it, but <laughs> it. it's great. As far as Tofurky goes, Seth uh, has been a great mentor. I, I reached out to him uh, maybe after like six months of being in business and just cold emailed him and said, hey, you know, we started this business. I really could do some advice on XYZ. And he just, now he's a friend. He's great. And then we just did the first batch of uh, Tofurky we bought um, from him. He actually brought in a cooler in his Subaru. <laughs> and I met him in the parking lot of the airport, like we were doing some kind of weird drug deal, only it was like a case of for the sandwiches. And like, that's how we bought our very first case of Tofurky from him. And now it's one of our more popular sandwiches. So, and we like having a product that's, really, that's it's different, it's handmade. I'm so happy right now. There's so many different kinds of alternative meats, quote unquote. But a lot of them are very similar in terms of like the pea protein or whatever. I like doing like the old school, like we're making seitan. So
0: now you've got this collaboration with Tofurky, which is cool. But you're also making your own seitan. Do you see yourself making any of these products so that people can make their own snack religion sandwiches on their own? Is that like a possibility? We sell, we sell our meats at uh, Natural Grocers, at
1: Market of Choice, on our website. Food Fight has some. We Yeah, it's not something we push Super hard right now because staffing is an issue just like everybody else. I try to kind of balance growing in terms of key I know I don't want to overwork the staff we have. We sell our meats. You can go online and buy them from our website or like like I said, natural grocers we do. Oh my gosh. One of my favorites is a red wine steak that's available. Oh my God. It's so good. It's red wine, mushrooms, garlic, onions, rosemary, fresh rosemary that we simmer. Um, It's really, really good. We sell all those already. Eventually we'd like to do more of that, but I think right now I want to focus more on the grab and go just because it just isn't available that much. I mean, you go into the grocery store, you're hungry, you're shopping, you're on your way home or you're at lunch or whatever. And there again, in Portland, we're spoiled. There's options, but there still isn't that kind of plethora of, of it's just something
0: to eat on the go, and that's really the market that I think is underserved. This is great to like move it out towards you. So Talking about the East Coast, so now you've got that challenge of food spoils. So it's like, do you freeze it? Can you freeze it? Can you put it on ice? Like, yep. that's a that's a complicated it, thing. To, that's how to we do it. it. That's how we freeze them. We freeze
1: we freeze our sandwiches and we we ship them to other parts of the country. Because so I'm not at liberty to discuss. Because there are some things in the works that I can't talk about right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. We have been shipping to like the smaller vegan stores like a uh, Cindy Snacks in New York, Rabbits, Nooch, Besties Vegan Paradise. Our sandwiches freeze. We freeze them. We put them in there with some ice packs. And by the time they get there, they're just, they're ready to go. Which I didn't yeah. even know was a thing until one of our customers
0: was like, oh yeah, I freeze your sandwiches all the time. And then I just leave them out and eat them when I'm, I'm hungry. I had no idea. Wow. That's really cool. How many different sandwiches do you have now? You have quite a few. We have 10 right now. We need to scale back a little bit. When we
1: expand, we're definitely gonna to, to just scale back to like a five of our most popular, like the witch for the ones with tofurki, lettuce and tomato. You obviously can't freeze those. Yeah. They're not any good. We are working on some new ones. So but I do I would like to keep it at about 10 right now. <laughs> I want to do more, but it adds challenges for our staff. But have you ever been to a menu or a restaurant where there's a huge menu and you just get totally overwhelmed? Yeah. I don't want to be that, that person. You know, I want to keep it simple.
0: Yeah. So keep it at about 10 is probably pretty good. Yeah. Now, have you ever thought about, well, this is kind of a silly question, but no, Shark Tank, like, have you thought about like trying to tap into investors like that? Or is that just like, oh God, I would never do that? No, I would love to. Oh my God. Have you ever seen the one
1: with Heidi Ho on it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. She did so great. Oh, she's so amazing. And then Pans, Pam from Portland. Oh, yeah. Jerky. And then who was it? Uh, Mrs. Goldfarb's Unreal Deli. So, absolutely. Yeah, she was on there too. So, absolutely, I would love to, but not quite yet. I don't feel like I'm quite prepared yet. You know what I mean? We're a vegan metalhead sandwich company so we've been able to to be pretty you know oh gosh oh, how how would i phrase this shark tank expects a certain level of organization that's what i'm going to say i'm like i'm i'm a big picture kind of all over the place kind of person and it's worked for us and we definitely we keep our customers happy we do everything we're supposed to but i'm i don't think i'm quite organized enough for shark tank yet if that makes <laughs>
0: well you probably are it's just it is very scary i would imagine to be in front of those people and they're like asking you all these really (laughs) all these questions that you have to like spit out all these numbers like really quickly and then then they try it they give you these looks and they're like why the pentagrams
1: totally you totally just nailed it but it's 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 terrifying but it's easier for me to like make an excuse and say i'm not organized and be like i'm just scared but (laughs) You totally hit the nail on the head. That's exactly, oh my God. But yeah, no organization, that's all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Besides making the sandwiches, you've got a lot of really cool things on your wall. So are you still doing music? Are you an artist? What are your other outlets? That's really nice to ask. Well, I, again, getting my pilot's license, which I love. I
1: haven't done any art, made enough art in a while. I'm working on a cookbook. I just wrote a recipe this afternoon, which is really good. If you try, ever tried uh, lobster mushrooms, Oh, no. That sounds incredible. Order lobster mushrooms. They they are the best mushrooms ever. And they're so... They're only available... Like, I I get them at cherry sprout occasionally. They're expensive, but they are so, so good. And you can order them dried from a company in, like, Ashland. And they're just... Oh, "Oh, order yourself some lobster mushrooms. Like, I'll just saute them with some garlic and, like... Mm -hmm. That's a little olive oil and that's it. So I worked on a recipe this afternoon. So I'm working on a cookbook. Don't play music enough as much as I should anymore. My husband plays chess all the time. And I always say I'm going to play
0: with him. And then I get mad because he's really good and I lose. <laughs> and then reading. But yeah, what about you? What what kind of art do you do? I mean, obviously you know, you're art. I'm doing podcasting and that takes up a lot of my time. And, you know, yeah. I'm running a business like a labor of love. And I loved comedy and I like to write comedy, but I just haven't done it in a long time. Where did you do comedy? Where did you do stand up? I wasn't never a professional at comedy, so uh, but I was taking comedy classes. Like I took one at Helium, and I got to stand up and do something at at Helium, which was really cool. No, I, I did too. I took classes at Brody's, and Helium is, is where Helium is the, where we have our kitchen. That we we're our kitchen. Oh, is really downstairs from Helium. You don't do stand up anymore. I took some stand up classes, and I found writing jokes the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. I studied for the CPA exam. That was pretty darn difficult, but I think writing a great joke is like. Ooh, it's like the it's best thing so, ever, you know. It's so, so hard, but it's so hard. Yeah. Like writing jokes is easy. Writing good jokes is really challenging. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll just toot my horn and I'll just say that okay. I am a wizard in the kitchen, and that came out from being vegan because before that, I didn't even know how to cook as a kid. Like what? I'm like if it doesn't <laughs> have instructions on a box that says put in a microwave, boil, or you know that I didn't know how to cook it. But now. so one of my favorite things is have people over for Thanksgiving. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But I haven't, you know, done it in a while because of COVID. But I'd have all kinds of non-vegans over because they loved my delicious cooking. So all these things you can do with tofu and seitan, like people, those meat eaters. Changing hearts and minds. And like, and it is, it's it's something like so satisfying, especially
1: when you see that look of kind of shock on on a meat eater's face that like what they're eating is really good.
0: Well, yeah. well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You said a bunch of places where people can find your sandwiches. Mostly, I would imagine, like in the Pacific Northwest. You can go to our website, which I are- I think is updated. It's a bit on my list updated, but we are all
1: over Portland. The coast, we're in a bunch of different places in the Midwest. You can order us
0: from online grocery stores. And so do you only sell to retails or if people wanted to go online and buy your sandwiches and have them shipped? Oh, you yeah. Can do
1: that? 100%. They can order our sandwiches that way. We're working on being a, a nationwide brand. And then Vegan Dale Festivals, I have to give them a plug. We are going to be at all of the Vegan Dale Festivals this year. And if you haven't been, can't recommend them enough so fun we're doing chicago miami toronto this is going to be the first year that we actually physically aren't there but our team in toronto has worked with us for so many years they're going to run it while we're in norway at a black metal
0: fest i feel super privileged to get to do that and excited but also like this is a little crazy and are, at these locations are you actually making sandwiches where people can buy them or is it just yeah. samples no 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 we make we make and they're and they're i'm not gonna lie they're, they're not cheap we do big
1: fat plates for like 20 bucks um mm-hmm. sandwiches that we make on site and we do like a like our lord of the wings like buffalo sandwiches it's super fun and they're really great and yeah i, I can't recommend they're just a big
0: vegan party so wow very cool uh, awesome yeah thank you so much for being on the show and we'll have links to everything that we talked about thank you heather have a great afternoon yeah you too thanks